Hey y'all, you're listening to episode 19 of the One Chip Wonder Board Gaming Podcast, and today we are talking about Block by Block Uprising. Block by Block Uprising is designed by Greg Loring Albright and T.L. Simmons and published by Out of Order Games. First and foremost, before we actually get into the mechanics and overview about this game, I think that we both just want to address the theme. This game is basically about a city rioting against the police. And while the game is portrayed in a very comical and somewhat lighthearted way, this is obviously very reflective of a very tense social climate that is now more prevalent than ever. I just want to say that both Johnny and I, as we talk about this game, we may make jokes about things. None of what we say is truly reflective of our viewpoints on this matter. We actually probably don't need to talk about our political viewpoints or standings regarding any police or social context of this game, that anything that it represents. We purely are just talking about this game from its perspective. We will address the theme, but it is important to know that up front what the theme is like as it kind of helps explain how the game plays. Yeah, so the, this game's theme, it, like just because I was one that was in charge of reading the rules, it describes the setting as... A, a group of revolutionaries from different different parts of the population trying to overcome and create change in this uh, police state, basically trying to liberate their city from the suppressive government. So that and you know those, it's not completely tied into the real world setting or anything like that. But it's you know like like Dudley said, it can reflect on kind of the times that we're in right now. So it's just something that you know you could either can the theme can be off putting for some pe- some people, and you might not want to give it a try. And that's fair enough. You know, you, like I'm not gonna play any games that are like. Uh, certain themes that i i don't care for you know like i don't I like when we make fun of nemesis and the only reason is because i don't watch alien movies and i haven't i don't have a tie into it so i don't gravitate towards it and i can make fun of it and things like that but it's just you know different tastes for different people yeah it's like i'm not a huge fan of world war Two, world war one themes like i don't know what it is but for some reason whenever i am like looking at a game that is based on historical events it just doesn't do anything for me i mean it definitely doesn't help that I hate history in general. It's like my least favorite class growing <laughs> up. But it's just like something about real representation of real people in a real conflict and we're playing a game. I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't sit that well with me anymore compared to like when I was younger and I could play like, you know, Call of Duty, World War II, running around shooting all these like Nazis and stuff. That never phased me then. But now it's just, I don't know. It just doesn't feel as good. Is it a hot take for me to say that like a uh, Tolkien or the Lord of the Rings series, like games that are based on that IP and theme. Like usually I'm 90% checked out. If I see something like a game in that genre or w- with that theme pasted on or in that universe, like, is that a hot take? I mean, just cause it's overdone or you just hate elves. I do like elves. So that, that part is not true, but just that universe has never really, like I like the movies after you know, falling asleep after like four or five times watching the originals and then finally like really getting into it. Um, and actually finding it enjoyable, but I still never loved that universe or anything like that. So it's not something that, that, you know, screams to me. Yeah, I mean, that totally makes sense. I don't think that's a hot take at all because the theme has to resonate with you to really kind of like take that game to the next level. You could have a really mechanically awesome game, but you slap a theme that you just can't get behind. It's like, why do I even want to play this, you know? Yeah, it just makes it hard for you to like uh, immerse yourself in that in that universe or whatever that world that that game is trying to portray. 
Yeah. And I will say that even though that block by block uprising does kind of make a lot of, I won't say parody, but they are kind of like reflecting on actual social commentaries that are very prevalent today. It is depicted in a very whimsical, non-human manner. Like we literally are looking at little cubes running around trying to like spray paint graffiti on the sides of buildings. Like it's not real people. And for some people, maybe you can just kind of turn off that part of your brain and just say, hey, you know what? This isn't a real city. This isn't a real world. This isn't a real conflict. If the mechanics of the game sounds good enough, might be worth looking at. But I definitely think we will probably get into this again later, aren't we? Yeah, we're, it's, it's when we get to our final thoughts and just kind of how... The, because this this game is uh, not too spoilery, but like it's a good marriage of the theme. Uh, the mechanics and the theme are pretty pretty well blended together, in my opinion. And then, yeah. so, so I think that's a good time for us to kind of talk about the mechanics a little bit. So um, you listeners can kind of hear how the game plays and everything and see like... Um, why this theme is either controversial or is it not controversial? I don't know. But when I saw this game on Kickstarter, the art is what really grabbed me. And then, you know, the theme was, I was like, that's cool. And then it just looks funny. It's whimsical, like Dudley said, too. Hey, save it. (laughs) Save it for the final thoughts, bro. I'm just giving a little preview, a little taste. All right. So let me talk about how this game works real quick here. Um, So this game is a kind of pandemic-style game where we are managing um, a constant influx of threats that challenge you to uh to manage while trying to advance the game state to meet the certain win conditions um the game is played in a series of rounds with uh two separate phases a nighttime phase and a sunrise phase uh the nighttime phase is where most of your player agency will occur this is the time where we will do uh, various setups for the the start of the round where we will draw this police op cards that will uh, deploy more police threat onto the board and or move the police threat to different parts of the board that you will have to manage. Um, the board itself is uh, a five by five grid that is divided and that is a each section of that grid, the five by five, is called districts, and those are the different districts that you move around um, and doing certain actions and doing different things to advance, try to meet the win conditions. So how do you even win in this game, right? So the game starts with one win condition, and the win conditions are variable. Um, usually from our play, we notice that the, the win conditions will be usually you need to occupy a certain district and uh, of some sort. So you need to either occupy a police district uh, or you need to occupy a uh, workers district or one of the faction districts, for example. And then once you meet those different win conditions in a two-player game, you have to complete two two of the objectives. And a three or four-player game, then you need to complete three uh, three or four objectives to to win the game. And the game can which is a check the win condition is checked at a different phase of the game, which we'll get to. Uh, so. Just jumping back to the nighttime phase where we do most of our actions. So we'll start with that phase. You'll draw a police card and you'll deploy the threats. And then uh, from there, you will check how many of your faction tokens are on the board. Or in this case, it's the little blocks. They're actually called blocks in the game too. Um, so each block is a representative of your of your units uh, that belong to your faction. So so the game, uh, you will, at the beginning of your turn, you will check to see how many of these blocks that you have on the board, and depending on how many you have, uh, they fall into different tiers that allow you to roll a certain amount of action dice. 
these action dice are you can roll between three to five action dice um, and then when after you roll your action dice depending on what values they'll allow you to take a certain array of actions the actions available to you as a faction are moving between the districts creating barricades between the districts uh, looting at the districts that you have blocks at or building new occupation strongholds that will unlock new abilities for your faction as well as fighting the police squads that or the, the police squads are the, the threat the cubes are, that are represented by cubes on the board as well and they can um, impinge or uh, hinder you from doing certain things as well, like moving if your if your blocks happen to be in a school in a in a district with the police then you're not going to be able to move out of it unless you find a way to defeat them or find a, a certain way to, to, to navigate around them and the final action that you can do is that you can send your your blocks from your faction to a secret faction meeting that um, will eventually allow you to reveal new win conditions because some win conditions are probably not attainable based on how much threat of the police squad how much what districts they control versus what you control um so that's kind of the basic mechanics of the game dudley am i missing anything from our play from from mechanics no that's pretty much everything uh the game is actually really simple to teach and played really fast so the rules overhead is actually pretty minimal yeah the actions are pretty intuitive um so but yeah so you would take a so after you take your action whoever else is playing with you will will then move to their faction turn and they'll repeat the same thing they'll draw a police ops card and um, change where the police are on the board deploy new police squads and then after they finished everyone after everyone has taken their turns we go to that sunrise phase this is where there's a bunch of different checks and upkeep basically uh, the first thing is that any areas that are occupied by the police as well as you are is considered a clash so the police will just will take out uh, arrest basically any blocks that um, that are in those sections that any of the districts that contain both the police and your blocks, they'll your blocks will get arrested up to the amount of police there. So if there's two police there, you have two blocks, then they will take out two of your your blocks or two of your your units. Um, then the next thing is you'll deploy the the vans. They will move around, and the vans are like the SWAT team basically. They're not just the beat cops on the street. They when if they're in that area with you. Um, then they will take out everything. They'll destroy roadblocks and barricades that you put in, and they'll just try to go into. They'll try to target high priority districts, and then after that, we will check for what districts we can liberate. So districts have certain difficulty values essentially based on their factions. Some factions, uh, if it's a public section, for example, then the difficulty is a little bit lower. Uh, if it's a more like if it's a state controlled district by the police and everything, they might have a higher district value. So what you do the game to liberate it is that you have to have a certain amount of blocks and units um, from your faction and other factions typically there to meet that threshold to to liberate the district so in order to liberate it you have to figure out the district value so for example district value is four you need at least eight units there to liberate it after a district is liberated then you, it actually lowers like um the threat the the police threat to so you draw less car less police threat cards or it will slow down the timer on the game or and it'll also let you reveal these uh liberation cards that will give you a little kind of narrative choice and when you, what, whatever you pick will then kind of give you some kind of beneficial effects in the game which is something we undervalue a little bit in our game so uh spoilers we lost our first game um and then from there you check the the win conditions and and then you rinse and repeat until the game uh, ends from you not 
being able to complete enough win con enough of the win cons or uh if you lose all if, if one faction at any point loses all their units on the board um, from getting arrested then uh they then the game ends immediately but that's just kind of a quick overview of the game is my it was my first i read the rules maybe 30 minutes before dudley came here so this is kind of a quick overview we didn't even touch on the semi-cooperative elements of the game which i think has a lot of potential um but this is kind of quick overview yeah i remember when this game came on kickstarter and i was super interested in it like the idea of the ability to play co-op and semi-co-op and based on the mechanics of the game seemed really interesting but i'm not gonna lie if it doesn't have minis like i'm not as interested <laughs> as i as i usually would be. <laughs> yeah that's uh we've had that talk about arkham and everything too it's just like the the cards and how the layout is it's it can, well this one's easy because it's very vibrant it's very easy yeah to see i was everything. actually the first thing i wanted to talk about was actually complement the graphic design because if you look at pictures of this game it looks so bland because it's all dark and black and white and grays and just monochromatic but it actually does a really good job of highlighting the actual information that's important. The building sites where you could put occupations are colored uh, based on the factions that should be able to control them. The numbers are very easy to see because it's white on black. And just as you liberate yeah. uh, districts, it flips over and it's so colorful. And now you know like, oh, I've already achieved liberation at this district. I don't need to go back there. Like the graphic design was really good. It made it very easy to process what otherwise could have been a ton of information. I kind of wanted to comment on that art too. Like, you know, obviously the art is what kind of gravitated me towards backing this Kickstarter. Uh, but when I was setting up the, the the game board, the there's you know each district tile has the unliberated side versus the liberated side. So when, we're, when I was setting up, it's like kind of this kind of grayscale appearance, and you, know, you just have a little bit of pop of color for your factions. And then I can't imagine if you're doing well in the game as you liberate and you're flipping these tiles. It's kind of like those old school movies where it starts kind of, I guess, a uh, kind of like Wandavision or something like that, where it starts like black and white. But then you know, as you as you feel more upbeat, things are looking more looking better for you for you or your, the, the hero or the antagonist or whatever is you know, having revelations, things are getting better and there's just more colors getting revealed. I thought that was a cool little, little, little touch on the game. You know, that's actually really cool that you mentioned that because you're right. Like you think about as you take the role of these like repressed people and they're like rising up against the police state, things are getting better. And they're the, like the life is coming back into the city that just was previously so dreary and so bleak. Yeah. That's actually a really cool connection that you made. I never thought about that. Yeah, it happened when we were playing, and we when we flipped that first tile over, and then the good <laughs> you mean the one tile that we liberated the entire game? <laughs> it, yeah, it was a struggle, but it, it felt like it really felt really good though. Like you could see that, like the color just like that tile was like vibrant and everything, like a glimmer of hope in an otherwise unwinnable game. <sighs> yep, and then we got crushed by the by the man by the man. I keep wanting to say F the police so bad <laughs> every time you're doing your like overview. I just like wanted to yell it out. Yeah, we we discussed like maybe we should play that. We should can no, we have intro music and then down. and then we're like, oh no, yeah, yeah it won't it's work. like a DMCA or whatever. They're gonna like like take our digital media away from us for. Let me let me email Ice Cube. You know, maybe he'll <laughs> he'll sponsor our podcast. Then we can play it. Yeah, right. So you know, I I know that we touched upon the theme earlier, but now's a good a time as any to get into it. You talked briefly about how as these people are rising up against the oppressive government state that 
the colors on the board start increasing, kind of like reflecting the life coming back into this city. Whether you are like whatever side of the spectrum you're on regarding this like social commentary of this game, I have to admit the thematic integration into the game is actually pretty cool. Like I think Greg Loring Albright did a really good job of kind of like, well, I guess not just Greg TL Simmons as well, since he was one of the original designers, they really tied this gameplay style to how like how the social commentary, the context of like a revolution kind of works you know who would have thought that we would be playing pandemic in a like city revolution type theme like this is crazy but they made it work like i I, it makes so much sense like you talking about the liberation of the districts and then the color coming back to the board so thematically appropriate yeah this is one of the examples i know one of our past episodes where we talk about theme and art and all that stuff too like this is how you can blend you can have a game mechanically sound that ties into the theme versus games that just have pasted on like well good graphic design but poor mechanically or the themes and mechanics don't work together like the actions that we took in this game it it's pretty um pretty reflective of the theme and how like you know real world situations like this work and you know in in oppressive states and when revolution starts small and you know you move from block to block it starts small but then it starts spreading so it's kind of like a little bit reverse pandemic because in pandemic you're just controlling one person and you're just trying to do mitigate all these threats but like for us um, you have your first occupation or occupational stronghold and it slowly recruits more of your units in but as you have more units, you're able to expand to different districts. And then, you know, strategically, uh, you know, where we weren't the best at it. But like as you expanded, you opened up new avenues to um, just fend off uh, police advances or circumvent it and, and kind of take hold of the districts that you need to to complete your, your revolution's objective. Yeah. And this is going to be kind of tricky to talk about. But I thought that the way that they use the police in this game as the like basically the equivalent of the virus in pandemic i thought it was really clever because like you were describing you know you have individual police squads that you know if your your revolution like your mob is big enough you could overcome them but when the swat van rolls up it's like all right game over everyone it's like tear gas rubber bullets like gtfo like the riot's over but yeah, it's just human hands against against these uh, these armed armed troops. I know, but it's so cool too because like when you think about the mechanics of the game, it's like okay, your blocks, uh, aka your mobs, cannot move through police districts. Well, of course, if there's a district with police there, of course you're not going to be able to go through. Or you'll get arrested. And as the police moves around the board, some of the the way the police cards comes out, it tells them to move into areas that have a high uh, police rating. And right, yeah, it's, it's called police ID police in the I- game, like well, that identifies high threat, basically. Yeah, and it the way that they integrated that into the game, where the SWAT vans are going to the areas of like high activity, was really cool, very appropriate because one felt, of the felt very organic. Yeah, one of the things that I always really disliked about pandemic was just because it felt like everything was just super random like it was like oh we're gonna infect this city we're gonna infect this city and then it suddenly becomes like a 
a little bit of like a card counting, kind of like thinking about what cards are coming up. This game kind of gets around all that because the cards will specifically tell the SWAT vans to target, to move from, say, like a low police identity area to a high identity area. And then that makes sense thematically because the areas that are at high risk, the police are generally going to be watching, you know, like in this game, your goal is to liberate a certain number of districts based on the objective cards that come out. But one of the things that you have to do in order to win is you have to liberate not only the districts that are on the cards, but in order to get there, you have to start liberating adjacent districts. And in this game, which is one of the biggest changes from the previous editions, you can only start by liberating a public space, which since it's a public space, you know the police are going to have eyes on it. So right from the get-go, there's a ton of pressure on you to try to liberate this public space and continue liberating districts down the line as you work towards the actual district that you need to liberate to win. But the police are on you from turn one. In our play, I liberated the public space right next to my starting location. And like at the end of that round, the police were in my space. They were ready to bust me down. And I was absolutely not prepared for how quickly the game escalated that tension. Yeah, that was really cool. Like, uh, you know, because we were we didn't know how we, this every time we read a card, it was the first time reading and see how the, the game works mechanically. But the police ops, it felt like they were just targeting our efforts. Like I was like, hey, we got to take this sub public sector. But like I would get there set up for it. But, it, you know, it doesn't go like it wasn't methodical where like, OK, I have eight guys here. This is enough to liberate. Oh, you know, I have this. But, you know, I went before you. So then you're when you the police you know, they still have a turn between before we get to liberation stage. They drew a card and they, they'll target, typically will target these high value areas. So even though I had the numbers, I couldn't liberate it because the police got in there and interfered with our plans. And it felt like they were always, um, they could always like kind of disrupt us and we had to really play around it to an extent or work together more cooperatively to, to manage them. Yeah, this feeling is really hard to describe for me because like pandemic just felt random. Like it just came out when it felt like coming out. But this one... The AI felt very real. It felt very alive. Like the way it moved just seemed like they knew exactly where you were going to be. And they were just going to be like just half a step behind you. And you are constantly trying to stay ahead of them. Which is actually part of like one of the other things that I really liked as uh, we were playing this game. I th when you explained it to me and we took the first round, I thought it was so straightforward. I was like, oh, okay, well police come i fend them off and i just continue liberating no the police is an overwhelming overpowered force they keep coming and you cannot stop them and i didn't realize that until it was too late and the game gives you we almost lost the game a couple of times because like we didn't realize how strong the police were like they almost wiped you off the board oh yeah like turn two i was almost dead and it was just like a struggle to come back that was a technical error from me but the thing that I actually appreciated from this is the game gives you all these tools to try to prevent this from happening. There's a huge amount of thought that goes into this game because to me, Pandemic does have some preventative measures such as like the quarantine specialist and putting down um, labs and stuff like you're kind of trying to plan ahead. But this game, I felt like it, I needed more preparation than i would have ever expected from a pandemic style game 
because the way that the event cards or whatever you call them that come out, it wasn't just, oh, move the police here randomly. No, they specifically targeted areas that you almost are always in. And because the map is relatively small, they're everywhere. And it's just the action economy was so tight. It just like it was just like this oppressive force, which is also another callback to how well the theme is integrated into the mechanics of the game. I literally felt that the police were constantly on my back. I could not get away from them no matter what I did. They were just always around, like preventing me from doing what I needed to do. That was a cool feeling. Maybe not in real life, but in the game, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, the police, like they they felt, like I said, organic the whole game. Like the, everything they did was like, it wasn't like the the police, weren't, they, the event cards weren't just throwing random obstacles at you. Like, oh, you know, hey, spawn the police five districts away from you. And then, you know, you might have to deal with them later down the line when you need to go that way or something like they were just pursuing us like constantly like they would wherever we moved we would be like there's no break like they were always on us like we were always like kind of similar to if you're trying to start a revolution they have the police are in your face it's hard to liberate and hard to recruit more people when the police are literally just trying to stomp you out like it, that the, the thematics of it just like really like one of the pros for me is like why i played it in my mind there was a very emergent the like a, it's it's kind of an old cliche now, but like a, a emergent narrative to the game as it flowed, and like I like I felt like if I was a resistance fighter in this universe, trying to you know liberate the city and get the make it a better city or world or whatever, like I, I it was not an easy thing to do, and you know I'm more likely to fail than succeed. In in our case, we definitely failed. Yeah, it's it's just really well done. Like the way the police were represented in this game was really cool like they have this rule where anytime the police squad moves one police cube would always stay behind and it just was so difficult because in order to move you can't move through a police area because they'll catch you so always them leaving one behind just eats up all your dice while you're trying to move around and it just feels so like thematically appropriate because you think about like you want to go and like graffiti some corner store and there's a cop hanging around you're going to be like ah i can't i can't i can't go here you know let's find somewhere else and now you're working your plan around the location of these single officers and it's just felt so genuine like if i mean obviously i've never been part of any kind of revolution but that we know of that we <laughs> storm the capital I'm probably going to have to edit revolution. that out, aren't I? Yeah, you better, you're going to have to edit that one out there. <laughs> I don't want to get called into your testimony. He was, he was kidding. He wasn't there. I wasn't there. I was at work. I can prove it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know how they did it, man. Like, the way they did the cards and how they chose the numbers for each district on how the police moved, like, it was just, it worked. It was really cool to see. It was really cool to experience. That was my favorite part of the game. 
Yeah, like the little touches, like when you liberate a district, it you know it could be a lower value, but as soon as you liberate it, it goes you know. So like the game starts out the highest value is like twenty two and for a police threat district or something. But once you lib- when the liberated ones that were the only one really liberated, it was like a thirty four value because obviously what's liberated, then you have a big target on your back now. So whatever we abandoned that liberated district and the police came in there and shut it down. So we were behind the game already again at that point. So yeah, it's a uh, it was really cool. Yeah by far the best part of the game for me, just how the uh, AI was handled. And honestly, it was very quick to handle too. Like the first couple of rounds trying to manage the police like turn, the upkeep turn was a little tricky. You know, we were kind of fumbling around a little bit, but after I think maybe two rounds, like I was helping you. I already knew like what needed to happen. All you need to do was read the card. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And it, it took seconds, like 10, 15 seconds per upkeep phase like the initial hurdle to learn the like the movement rules of the police squads and the SWAT vans like it was a little tricky but once we got it it flew the game played so smoothly like turns were very quick another thing that I could not like I it was just so praiseworthy like my turn literally took 30 seconds but I was very oppressed. I only had three actions and I was struggling to try to catch back up. But it's it didn't feel like there was very much downtime at all on player turns or the upkeep. Yeah, it was really, really intuitive because the game kind of clocks you at basically 10 rounds anyways because there's that the big tank van that I forgot to mention during an overview that as a every round during upkeep this uh that you have this basically tank basically martial law or something's about to kick in and and 10 10 rounds and you have ways of adding a turn or two around or yeah adding a round back in but like it just kept advancing and if the police are really pushing you the morale increases or their threat level increases it and then that track goes even faster so you might not even get to the full 10 rounds so it's like that push and pull constantly with that the, the game escalates constantly yeah, it clocks you. This is not a long game. I think with the teach and our first play, I think we got in and out in like an hour and a half. Granted, we did lose to the timer, and we only liberated one district, so we only pushed the uh, countdown clock <laughs> back once. But I really like that um, as the police morale increases, it causes the countdown track to move faster, which also makes sense because as the police are feeling good about the progress that they're making against the revolution, they're like, okay, we're doing really good. Spirits are high. The revolutionists have less time to accomplish their goals. Uh, once again, thematically appropriate. Very well done. Yeah. So the theme, I think, um, well, aside from the theme, it's just the way that getting mecha- like you know, just to move on to the next subject is uh, the the theme and the mechanics, top notch in my opinion for this kind of pandemic style legacy game. Legacy game. You talking about legacy? Not legacy. Sorry, because when I think of pandemic, I always think of pandemic legacy. It's just a so my association with it because all my good times playing pandemic legacy but just pandemic style game sorry now this is not a legacy game at all uh but the other thing that i kind of want to think about is this game like any a con for me though as we were playing and my brain was kind of working through the game and getting a feel for it um similar to other cooperative games it's still at the end of the day kind of an efficiency puzzle because we have limited actions and there's some tactical versus strategy to it with the dice and what you roll you have to do the best with it but um i feel like this game could probably be solved with enough plays would you say actually that was also one of my cons too i felt like this game had major quarterbacking issues uh luckily because me and you are such like 
good like gaming like we're on the same style of gaming we don't quarterback for each other but the decision space in this game is not massive and a lot of it is dictated by the dice that you roll which narrows down what you can do i personally don't feel that there's a ton to explore in this game i th- i think that like there is for sure a limited number of plays because there's just not that much variety with the factions that you're playing. There's only one asymmetric factor of each faction. And other than that, they're completely identical. Yeah, use all the occupations, strongholds that you build are, they all do the same thing, I believe. It's just your faction's ability is what differentiates each of you and where you start, starting location. You know, the, the, it's there's plenty of replayability. Like if if you love this game, you're gonna every time you play, it, it's gonna feel different um, from the sense that you know the challenges will present itself differently, but the core of it is still gonna be the same. Like, how do you complete these win object win con objectives if you're playing purely cooperative? See, I kind of disagree with you on that part because it might be just kind of like pedantic, but I don't think the game is very replayable. But I think it's very variable. Like, the way that the map changes and the objective comes out, like, that changes the feel of the game. But I don't think that it's replayable in the sense that I'm going to be coming back because I'm discovering new things every time I play. Like, I might discover better ways to win the game, but I just don't think that the decision space is big enough. But, at the same time, this is not a long game, and it's also not a big game. Like, the box is the same size as, like, um, one of the Garf- Garfield Games uh, boxes, you know? Yeah, they're not. it's not a huge game. This is not a game that's designed to be, like, a, a lifestyle game, like a cornerstone of your collection. It's just a very fun, short, co-op, pandemic-style game with a really cool theme integration. Would you say it's, a like, a gateway plus level cooperative game that you could introduce to lighter gamers or would this one be just a little bit above it um i guess you could qualify it as gateway plus but i still think that for this style of game anything in the gateway gateway range is just going to be dominated by pandemic like there's no question about it if you're playing a pandemic style game and you want to introduce a new gamer to it just play pandemic yeah or marvel united (laughs) oh yeah marvel united the new ultimate gateway game for me Yep, that's it. it really is, but that's a topic for another day. For sure. But yeah, you know, it's like going into the cons about this game, I'm not saying that I didn't have fun playing it. Like, it was really cool to see how the theme integrated to the mechanics. That was my favorite part. But I think that once that novelty wears off, it kind of feels like an overcomplicated pandemic that just doesn't really have that much space like once you kind of boil down and get rid of the excitement of the theme it just felt like pandemic to me with a couple twists of just trying to add more obstacles in the way that like the virus in this case the police interacted with you that was very different but it didn't really break that pandemic feel you know which is not bad or it's not also not a bad thing if you enjoy that style of games already right but for you you know because we've in the past you've touched on like spirit island or or those more kind of cooperative where it's just the same 
the same, you know, deal with threats, move on. Uh, when conditions the same, clear all, eradicate the threat or whatever. Um, that's kind of like you get tired of that same thing. Like you, you can appreciate the game being good, but it's you don't like you don't see the need. Like you said, you don't see the need to revisit that that you, that game, right? You know how I know you're a good friend because you listen. That is exactly a hundred percent. Just it. never tell my wife that, okay? Because uh, <laughs> apparently I don't listen enough. <laughs> you're absolutely right, and you took the words right out of my mouth. These style of games just don't do it for me, like pandemic spirit island which is the ultimate pandemic style game just the repetition in the mechanics and the strategy and the technical like knowledge of the game just they don't do it i want more variety i want more different win conditions i don't want to just play the same game over and over and expect to have a long shelf life if there was some kind of extreme asymmetry like Greg did with Ahoy, it might get a lot more plays out of me. Like I liked Ahoy a lot, but this game just, it, it falls exactly into that wheelhouse. Pandemic, Spirit Island, repetition. It's just not for me. It's not about the game. I think it's just a personal choice of mine. Yeah, and I love pandemic um, style games in general. It just depends on if the, whenever the newer, the newer crop of games depend on if it has a theme or it enhances that system enough for me to enjoy and for me this game when i was reading the rules i was like this gives me pandemic vibes i don't know how i feel about this but as we played it i was like wow this is what distinguishes this from pandemic you know all the iterations of it and all the mini versions that are out nowadays was uh was just a police deck and how the police moved and did things it just it thematically worked like which we touched on already and then just it's a set of drawing like uh maybe like 20 or 30 cards in like a pandemic style game there's the huge event deck the event decks for this game is like it was like 10 and 10 i think like there's 10 police op cards there's 10 reaction cards um they just cycle through it but they they're all very dangerous and they escalate the game and it, and it increases the clock it adds tension because they're just spawning so much where you can't handle it. it's kind of a race to trying to to get your your uprising started basically um, so I, I appreciated that about this game because instead of just putting you know random virus cubes out, random spots, the that 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 event deck was something that worked really well for me. Yeah, I agree. The design of the event deck and the police operations deck really well done. It does kind of do a little bit to mix things up as far as how the game feels, but unfortunately, just not enough for me to really elevate this game to something where i i would request to play all the time yeah i, I don't think i would either um but i think it has its place in my collection for a while here because uh we kind of not that we burned out a pandemic but we um there's this i don't see myself pulling out a pandemic game in, in general i don't own that many pandemic i have the legacy games but that's i can't pull that out you know every other week or anything either i honestly feel like every collection should have a pandemic style game whether that game is actually pandemic or block by block or honestly even i consider marvel united a pandemic style game if you think about it yeah spreading thugs and civilians all that stuff yeah and i i think that this game fills a really good role in introducing people to co-ops and i think that block by block is a kind of like a good medium between basic pandemic and spirit island you know spirit island is it 
it's a big game, you know, and block by block gives you a lot of the similar feelings that you get from Spirit Island, but in a much more consumable and digestible playtime, you know, like the tension was absolutely there. The way the police interacted, like I felt that I was constantly under pressure the whole game. It never let off the gas. But just like I was saying, you know, this doesn't have near the variability or the depth that Spirit Island offers. But again, much shorter playtime. Very, very fast setup. Like you could get this game in and out with a group of two or three in like less than two hours with a teach. Yeah, especially if they've all played this style of game before already too. And even if they ha- only have limited exposure to pandemic style, this game, the rules are just so intuitive. So that I really appreciate it about that. But the, uh, the semi-cooperative aspect, like, I, you know, we didn't play it. I've only kind of glanced at it. Uh, that seemed really cool to me. I don't know, what, like, when we would play a semi-cooperative uh, style game for this. Like, do you see that something? You hate semi-co-ops. Because I'm always the traitor. That's why. it's. I'm always, like, every time I play, I just draw the one card where I have to, like, try to sabotage everyone. It feels bad for me, at least. That's the best part of playing semi-co-ops, when you are the bad guy. <sighs> no, not for me. I like to be the good guy. I guess, but I think that, I mean, obviously we didn't play the semi-co-op game, but I feel like I can kind of visualize how it plays. I don't know if you looked at the semi-co-op win cons, but basically every player has a different win con. So you're playing the exact same game, but you have to do something different than your uh, opponents. And obviously, because you can't liberate anything on your own, it's just the amount of uh, people that you need to liberate any district is too high. You got to recruit these other people and you got to be able to entice them. I feel like this puts an interesting twist onto what is otherwise a pretty basic pandemic style formula. I'm interested in trying it because you know I love semi-co-ops. So this game is still on my radar as far as like, wanting to play it again but obviously when you're playing a semi-co-op you're gonna want three to four players and that's gonna be a little bit tougher yeah and this only way to unlock or play it semi-co-op is you need three to four players because uh i think there's the two how it works from when i looked at the rules too is like you there's three different type of uh, agenda cards there's the social agendas which is where you just your goal is to be cooperative and get the team to win there's there's two other ones like the vanguards and then there's something else but like the vanguards they're just basically trying to they're just another power hungry group and your goal is to uh achieve the win con of getting all getting control of the state controlled um districts because you're just basically uh doing a coup and then there's like another faction where their goal is to make sure only their they meet they, they get the win cons for their basically each faction also has a win con objective card that's in the win con deck and like we saw today my win my faction's win con came out but uh, if you drew if you drove that if you drew that semi-cooperative agenda card it'll say that you have to achieve your your win con only you so you're trying to like sabotage the rest of the revolutionary factions by making sure they don't achieve their win cons or their win con factions or whatever their win cards that come out only your win con so it makes for it could be make for some interesting dynamics because as you're playing like you know when we play cooperatively me and you're like okay you help me do this and you're like okay but like similar cooperative like if you're telling me to help you I'm like well is he just because this is our chance to you know defeat the police or is this him just trying to 
fulfill his objective and like you know take over the government and become this new dictator or something like thematically it sounds pretty cool to me yeah i'm definitely down to give it a shot like i said i had fun playing this game um the only real other complaint that i think i could think of sometimes it felt like the police ops cards were just like way too punishing it's like there were so many times where we were ready to liberate and the police would just show up at our at our district like right as we were ready to liberate which makes sense and once again thematically appropriate but i think they blocked us like four or five times in a single game and that kind of got frustrating for me because it's completely random you know like the police op card comes up and it's like move into a district with an occupation and of course you have an occupation there so it's like how do we combat this you know there's preventive measures through the form of barricades and also like maybe preemptively moving your blocks into their space to prevent them from leaving it but at the same time it was just like the action economy was so tight that wasn't really available and because in our particular game i fell behind early i honestly felt pretty useless through the mid game like i got just stomped like literally we were calling it police brutality because they just stomped (laughs) me out and i couldn't ever come back that was kind of a feels bad for me yeah just raining rubber bullets on your guys over there you were the you were the students factions you know students gung-ho right at the gate thinking they're you know they're they're gonna get stuff done the next thing you know they just get crushed i mean i i try not to hold that against the game because since it's our first play i'm sure i made a terrible strategic decision moving into that space but at the same time, it's like, you are very strong, and they still stopped your liberation, like, turn after turn after turn, and it was just like, there's really nothing we could have done to prevent it, because once the police move into your space, you can't leave it, which means you have to commit more resources in order to fight off the police, and of course, being a high-priority target, especially being a public space, they're constantly coming for you and that basically stagnates your game to just almost like a tower defense type thing it's like oh i just gotta hold this long enough to be able to liberate it and just wait on the luck of the cards to be able to come your way so that they don't move into your space and you can finally liberate that one district yeah i i I agree like the the game felt like it was it's very hard um it's not an easy game or anything like that um and it did create like i've i saw you struggle i was like that does that probably can't feel good um but i was also tied up because by the time you were you're struggling i was trying to liberate just try to at least give us a chance but the police were just constantly squashing my little rebellion basically every time so uh, you know looking back there's things i thought i probably could have done better i could have tried to loot more i could have built more barricades probably find a better tactical position so that you know i wasn't getting attacked from both side, two side, two fronts on, on the district I was trying to liberate. This is various things. Um, it does make me want to go revisit the game, and I think we would do better on our next play for sure. I don't know if we'd win, but it's um, just kind of, I want to see how it goes again with the second play, see if it captures that kind of feeling that I felt from the game. Yeah, count me in for that. I do think that there is a lot more strategy for us to explore and learn how to win the game. My biggest concern is once we learn how to win the game, I don't really feel like there's much more after that, you know? Yeah, like uh, one of the things that, like, this game surprised me with the, the set. I, you know, pandemic games, usually I can, um, you know, there can be the core back issue, but they're usually you kind of have a set pattern. You you get your win con objective, which is usually up front from the beginning versus this game. 
it reveals it slowly because you have to it only gives you one win con but no matter what you need for a two-player game you need two win cons so you have to devote actions to revealing more win cons and the win cons can change how you approach it because you know if you're that first win con you're like is it doable do you abandon it do you it gives you there's a lot of depth and like interesting decisions that this game presents versus what i feel is more linear in a pandemic like you said where you can count cards you can be like, okay, you know, we know the pandemic card's coming up. There's there's nothing like that in this game. Every card that comes out on your turn before you start your turn with the police ops is bad. Uh, every reaction card is bad for the most part. Oh, yeah. Like, if you were to compare the theme, like thematic integration of this game versus pandemic, like, this blows it out of the water. It's just the cards felt so much more alive than pandemic ever did. Pandemic is just so abstract to me. This one despite being very similar i i mean it, everything made sense it was actually really cool just watching how the police moved around and interacted with us honestly it almost felt like a real player oh. actually when i think about it yeah yeah one thing we need is uh is the minis like you said i don't know, like maybe get a uh, the uh gameland guys to design some some minis for this little mini meeples or I something mean, that'd be pretty funny the guys on the on the box are also cubes so i i mean this I is pretty so accurate some faces I just need some cubes and some faces. Or All right, get the sharpies. But the components are really good. Get the sharpies. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna customize this set, bling it out. Yeah, but this game does not cost you know a leg and an arm or anything like some of the other kickstarters. You know, with our last LCG talk, this is the opposite of that. This game was a very manageable. I think it was like MSRP is forty fifty dollars or something like that. Um, and it's I think it should be available in retail pretty soon because they're shipping out all the kickstarters, and after that they should start doing retail. Cool. Uh, do you want to get into final thoughts then? There's this game is it's a pandemic style legacy game or pandemic style not legacy sorry pandemic style game um, and you know if it's either if you if you like that genre already in general and this theme does is not off putting for you or bothers you it's it's worth a shot to try it because I I think I just from the one play it could be just an overreaction I enjoy it more than base pandemic or or any of the derivatives of it. What would you give it one to ten? What's your score? Oh man, after we played it, I was like, I want just because I I love how tense it was. I you know my initial gut whether it was like an eight, but just reflecting on it because we knew I knew we were gonna pot about it tonight. I want to put it at a seven. Like you know, I I'm always down. I would be always down to play it because it's cooperative. It's the the art is is really nice. I enjoy that, and there's a lot to for me to explore in the game still. I think I have it at about a six, a little bit lower than you. I think the game is fun. And I think that if you can overlook the social commentary behind the theme and appreciate how the theme is integrated into the mechanics, I think this absolutely would just kill, crush Pandemic for anyone. It's way better than Pandemic. It's so much more fun. Tension is incredible. And there's a lot of like cool stuff that you can do in this game that is very thematically appropriate. Like, it feels cool. Like, I don't know if i would call it a thematic game but it kind of feels like it's it is pretty thematic so i really like that but you know just like we talked about i just these style of games where you're just kind of like running it back over and over and for me the kind of games that i really like and that really stick in my collection are the ones that introduce either a ton of variability or a ton of asymmetry when we reviewed ahoy one of our biggest not complaints, but one of our biggest worries was that there's a limited number of plays because in a two-player game, you can only play these two factions. And once you kind of figure out how they work, 
you know, you're like, okay, I've, I've seen all I needed to see. I, I don't need to like keep playing this over and over again. It's the same feeling that I have here. But just like Ahoy, the game is relatively inexpensive. You're going to get your money's worth for sure. But will it be a staple in my collection? No. But if it sticks around and Johnny's like, hey, you want to play block by block again? I'm like, yeah, sure. It takes like an hour. Let's do it real quick. It, it almost feels like a like a very solid filler, super filler type game to me because it's so easy to set up, so easy to play. And it just is, is fun. It's tense. I just wish that these style of games like fit my personality type better, which kind of prevents me from giving it a higher score because I know that I would not keep a game like this in my collection. So that's why I have it at a six. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like uh, when, I, when we played it and everything, I, I knew that it would be in our wheelhouse for sure, like any other cooperative game. But um, definitely no need for both of us to own it or, you know, like uh, I don't know if we'd ever, you or me, I would ever like pick it over like Marvel United or something like that. So that actually leads me to think of like a more... Like kind of like when you think about the games that are essential for your collection, you know, you're like, well, I have Marvel United and I have block by block. Why would you keep block by block if you have Marvel United and you prefer it? I mean, it's a similar style game, but it's obviously very different in the way that like you're rising up against the police in this game versus like, you know, fighting the thugs and the villain. Very different games. But if you're always willing to pick Marvel United over this, where does this game fall into, like, like when do you pull out this game? Where where would you pull out this game? Yeah, so for me at least, um, uh, like, I, I get tired of themes faster than I get tired of mechanics. You know, so if I've been hitting Marvel Champions really hard, I'm probably not par- pulling out Marvel United. I'll probably pull this out. Or some other lighter co-ops that I have, in, like, you know, Atlantis or, Gar- not Guards of Atlantis, but uh, Atlantis Rising or something like that. Because Wait, did you say Guards of Atlantis? I said Atlantis Rising. Now. I just said the word Atlantis. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's just it's just a, for theme for me. Like you know, you you get tired of the mechanics because it can get samey for you. If it's similar mechanics but a different theme, then that's the change in flavor that I need or crave from time to time. Because I you know I certain themes just kind of get over overwrought for me, and I just it, to actually I, when, once I get bored of a theme or it's just I've had enough of it. It's really hard for me to like pick that game with a similar or in that universe to pull out. And, and in our case, there's a lot of Marvel in my life already as it is. So as much as I love Marvel United, if you know after I play Mutant Genesis next week, I'm probably not going to touch Marvel United for a couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, every time we play Marvel United, I always say, like I've said this to you so many times, it's like, why don't I play this game more? Like this is so fun, but it it like never makes it off the shelf. You need to play it so we can review it because like the X-Men, um, X-Men United, that just brought that game up to, I, I think I have it at almost like a nine now. I think, or spoilers, I guess, but we, you just need to play it. It's, it well, changes dude, the game. We don't even need to do the review anymore. You already gave them the score. They don't know your score. They don't know your score. I mean, all right, I'll give you a hint. My, when did I get, when did you uh, uh, give me X-Men United? Uh, I want to say back in June, before Gen Con at least for sure. So like May or June around that time. It's still in shrink. 
<laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Like, I just, I've never had any reason to pull it out, and I cannot be bothered to sort it. Like, it's just so daunting thinking about all those minis and all those cards. I'm like, no, I don't want to yeah. open it. I just pretend like I don't have to deal with it. Guess you got to sell it. But I like the game. I legitimately do. Like, I, every time I've, like, it, I played okay. Marvel United with Chan, just like. You know how you say, like, you want different variable win cons? Marvel United offers all of that to you. Like, so it's just you need to play it and then uh, get back to me on it. Can we just play it together? Yeah. HomeCon 2022 coming up. Okay. I'm not wasting, I'm not wasting HomeCon to play Marvel United. <laughs> you are after we play like 10 games of guards at Atlantis. You're going to be like, okay, I need, my brain needs a break. It's melted. You know, me. you know what I do want to play after 10 games of guard of guards of Atlantis and 11th game of guards. Of Atlantis. <laughs> no, I have like just passed out. Brain just melted. Okay. Uh, I think that about wraps it up for uh, this week's episode. As always, thank you guys for listening. I want to say once again, like, if anyone is offended by some of the comments or jokes that we made about this particular theme, I'm sorry. We're sorry. We really don't have any particular stance on this that we want to, like, put out in public. It's really just all in jest. Yeah. We're, um, we're not you, really political people to begin with, so you're not going to get that in our podcast. Yeah. No, definitely not. But everyone's got the right to believe and follow and pursue whatever their ideals are. And we respect that. And when talking about a theme like this, it's very easy to rub people the wrong way. And I hope that we didn't do that. If we did, I promise you it wasn't intentional. It's just us being stupid bros, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, as usual, you guys can find us on Instagram and Twitter at OneChitWonder. Our email is OneChitWonder at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening. This has been a interesting review, and I did feel that I was kind of like a little reserved in trying to make jokes and trying to like talk about some stuff, but Hopefully you guys got a good idea of this game. There is a good game underneath here. If you can overlook the theme, check it out. All righty. Good night, y'all. See you next time.